20 minutes from now, our lightning bets. Let's go wrap up a Monday morning edition of BetQL Daily. Live coast to coast on the BetQL network. And wherever you may be in the world, we're right there on Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Free, download it today. And then if you miss anything, you get it as a podcast later. It's beautiful. It's chef's kiss. It's perfect. It's just like Big Dom's Mama's Gravy in South Philly, um, <laughs> which is the best. The best. You haven't lived till you've had South Philly gravy from an Italian grandmama. That's uh, that's next level stuff, especially if they go and get some fresh crabs from the shore. Oh, yeah. Anyway, enough about Big Dom and me being hungry because it's almost lunchtime here in the Eastern time zone. <laughs> We've got week 14 to break down. Um, let's start with two games that I think are the most interesting. And the most interesting is... It, The AFC playoff picture, we've touched on a good bit here this morning because of the mess that some of these wildcard teams are. Uh, But Buffalo is still somehow in that picture, guys. And Kansas City, despite losing in Green Bay last night, they're still the Chiefs. And so we still look at them and say, yeah, you know what? Chiefs at home against the Buffalo team that is still kind of wobbly, that can't figure itself out at times, whose defense is nothing compared to what it has been the last couple of seasons. And Kansas City's laying less than a field goal in that game at home. Uh, I'm not sold on the Bills. I I, I know there, you know, Paul included, there are people that believe that the Bills can cobble this thing together and start to gain some of that forward momentum. Like when you start to run downhill and you can't stop yourself and you just start going faster and faster and faster. I don't think that. I think the Buffalo Bills start to run downhill and stub their toe and trip and face plant. Um, And I think this may be the beginning of that against Kansas City, Ed. It's possible. It's certainly possible. I I had this weird journey when breaking this game down because, first off, I'm still a believer that the Bills can somehow find a way, and then if they do get to the playoffs, they're going to be mighty, mighty dangerous because defenses probably don't matter as much come playoff time because all the quarterbacks are good. almost doesn't matter defensively what you're doing because either Pat Mahomes is going nuts or someone else is going nuts. So in that respect, it is just about surviving and advancing for Buffalo. Just a matter of if they can survive. And this will be a really tough challenge against Kansas City. But I had this weird journey, Chris, when it came to sort of handicapping this game. And is this like Aaron Rodgers and ayahuasca? Do we, do we need to? <laughs> oh, no. Did you no, need to go to a darkness retreat to have this journey, Ed? Th- there was no darkness retreat. I am afraid of the dark. Uh, yes, I am afraid of the dark. Uh, you know, watch that show a lot. But I think, though, when you're capturing the essence of the Chiefs, you go, okay, there's no possible way that they could lose, you know, another game like this and and lose so many in such a short stretch. There's no way that could happen. Well, actually, it could happen. Like, it's one of those things where if I'm still, you know, clutching onto my priors that the Chiefs are going to be magnificent and win all these games and they're just going to stub their toe a few spots here and there – they can still lose to Buffalo and go over the season win total of 11 and a half. Because after the Bills game, the Chiefs get the Patriots, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Chargers. I think they can win all four of those. Now, that Week 18 game might be tricky because things may be in hand for the Chiefs where they don't need to try. Meanwhile, the Chargers may have extra motivation to win a game like that for whatever reason. Maybe like an outside shot to make the playoffs or something like that. So be careful with Week 18. But with everything else, 
the Chiefs are going to beat those teams. Like, we know that. Like, what what could the Patriots possibly do to slow down Pat Mahomes? Like, I can't imagine that happening. So it is possible for the Chiefs to lose this game outright. So maybe Bill's money line is the way to go here in the short term uh, before, say, the market sort of, you know, closes this off and sort of siphons off all of the value. But in terms of clutching onto your priors, I still think it's okay to back the Bills here, but still believe the Chiefs will do just about everything that they want to do as far as getting a good seed come playoff time. Mm -hmm. The Bills seem to have the Chiefs' number, at least in recent memory, the last couple seasons when they've played in the regular season. The Bills have won those matchups. Of course, that one game in the divisional round went to overtime between these two teams and the Bills lost. I could definitely see the Bills getting up for this game and winning outright. Plus two and a half, minus 105. I don't hate that either. Money line, the best number is plus 125. So either way you look at it, both of these teams are not quite as good as we thought they would be. Um, So maybe this is a little more evenly matched. Um, I think the number seems about right, but I like the Bills as dogs here, even if it is at Arrowhead. Yeah, opened at three, right? Down to two and a half uh, already. Mm -hmm. I I, I think... I'll be honest. I, I think this is a get-right spot. I can't believe I'm saying that about the Buffalo Bills. Wouldn't have said that three, four months ago. I think it's a get-right spot for the Chiefs. That offense has looked so disjointed over the last month, month and a half. They've lost three of the last five. Everybody's dropping footballs. I started to see it last night from Rasheed Rice. And look, that's one guy. Then on the other hand, you have a Sky Moore who hasn't, still hasn't quite figured it out. Of course, MVS, every time the ball is in the air, you hold your breath and go, oh, maybe maybe he's going to catch it. Maybe. Um, but I, I think this is an opportunity for Kansas City to find some rhythm again. Patrick Mahomes is doing all the right things. His receivers are not. I think if they can buckle down and make this sort of an inside-out game, Work the inside of the field with Kelsey, especially. You know that the Bills' coverage, especially their back seven, is not the same since Tremaine Edmonds left this offseason. And so I attack the middle of the field if I'm the Chiefs, and I go after those opportunities with Kelsey in the middle of the field, with Rasheed Rice on the perimeter a little bit, see if I can take advantage of opportunities to hit it deep. But I, I do that. I lean into Isaiah Pacheco and I let my defense do a number on Josh Allen and and know that if it comes down to it in the end and it's a final possession game, I trust Patrick Mahomes if I'm Andy Reid to make the smart play and trust my defense to force Josh Allen into the, well, not so smart play. But that's my early read anyway on Chiefs Bills. You know, one thing, too, and I have a question about this. So in the last game against the Packers on throws beyond 10 air yards for Pat Mose, and by the way, I mentioned this before, this Chiefs offense is conservative. They're keeping it on the ground, sometimes with jet sweeps, like the only thing Kadarius Tony can do anymore. And they're not throwing it that far deep, except to MVS, who will then drop the football. That's kind of the process that they've had over these last several weeks. But on throws beyond 10 air yards for Mahomes, 6 of 13, 105 yards, a pick, and a passer rating of 42. That's really, really bad. I wonder, yes, like, I think the strategy is really good, Chris, but my question is, can they execute this? 
I have yeah. my doubts outside of Travis Kelsey mm -hmm. and, and Rasheed Rice at times. But using the middle of the field, like normally that's what they do. And it's a really good idea, especially against uh, this injury prone Bills defense. I just don't know if they can do it. Yeah. Also, like won't the Bills just do what the Packers did last night? This is a James Cook game. And like it was amazing watching the pregame show. Just like everyone, oh, I don't know if they can run on the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I, I'm dry. Like, I'm, am I watching the same Chiefs game as everyone else? Like, the, we've talked about it on this show, the Chiefs' run defense is terrible. Like, AJ Dillon had his mm -hmm. way with them last night. I know James yeah. Cook is a different back, and you got Murray there too. But I don't see why they wouldn't just take the same game plan that other teams have had success as well. The Broncos did the same thing. Now, Javante Williams, AJ Dillon, kind of similar backs. I just don't see why they wouldn't, and that's not a guarantee to a win. But that's as much a concern to me as all the offensive problems. You get Spags in a good, like, plus situation where he can just pin their ears back and do all his exotic blitzes. That's great. But you got to be in that situation, too. Yeah, right. that's that's a good point, Paul. And, and you know, Joe Brady's trying to earn this being more than an interim OC job. Does he lean into what's worked best for the Like, when the Bills just lean into the running game, not completely. Like, they don't have to go nuts. This isn't three yards in a cloud of dust. But when they just lean into the running game enough to get a little bit of balance in the offense, you can see the weight lifted off ja Josh Allen's shoulders. Like, you, you can almost physically see the weight lifted off his shoulders. And he's not being counted on to do absolutely everything. And then, therefore, feels the need to make the play that ends up being the backbreaker sometimes. So... I think that's a great point. It, it, it does give me pause. Um, I just, and maybe I shouldn't after last night because they didn't get home as often as they should have. I still do believe in the Chiefs' pass rush and against Allen in big spots anyway. Uh, maybe not on a consistent basis, but in big spots, I count on him to make a mistake. Let's pivot real quick to the big game on the NFC side. We've been looking forward to this one for a couple weeks now, right? We've been talking Cowboys, Eagles. We just got done with Eagles, Niners, but the triple threat elimination chamber kind of deal continues now as the Cowboys host the Eagles on Sunday night football. If the Eagles are go here's the thing. If the Cowboys are going to win the division, they win Sunday night. It's, it's that simple. If they're going to win the division and make a run to the one seed, and if Dak is going to cement his MVP candidacy, it happens Sunday night against a Philadelphia defense, Ed, that to be quite honest, is like it's 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 like an old car running down the road and you know, pieces of it are flying off as it's driving down the road. It's falling to bits right in front of us. And if I'm caught behind that car, you better believe I'm getting the license plate and reporting it. I have no sympathy for anyone who does something so reckless as having parts of the car fly my way and scratch whatever. So that's neither here nor there, though. Um, total is 53 and a half in this game. That's yeah. nuts to me. 53 and a half. It's warranted. Like, it makes sense. But the fact that we talked about the Eagles' defensive line being oh so effective because so many guys have pressures, or the fact that these are some defensive backs who have been successful in coverage before, they couldn't do anything against the 49ers. Like, they couldn't slow them down at all. Whatever Purdy wanted to do, whatever CMC wanted to do, they were largely successful. And I don't see why the Cowboys' offense can be 
you know, can't be just as, if not more successful against this group. And I think what's fascinating to me, you know, we talk about Dak Prescott so much as far as how well he performs against man coverage and how great he is uh, connecting with Lamb and Ferguson and all those things. But is it possible that Tony Pollard and other backup running backs can also be successful? And maybe this is a get right spot for this Cowboys backfield, just as it can be as far as the Cowboys getting back to the identity that they want to be known for. And that is, yeah, Dak Prescott, pedal to the metal, throwing it a good bit, scoring a bunch of points, especially at home. But I do wonder if this backfield can also be successful to where it's going to be a more dynamic offense. And if it is, then they're really establishing something successful because you know that Cowboys defense, they're not going to have another bad game. Like Deron Bland, yeah, he was targeted a lot and, you know, it was tough going. (laughs) And so they're going to try and get A.J. Brown, you know, (laughs) all that. But still, like, do you trust anybody beyond him? I don't think so. Yeah, Deron Bland needs a rebound game because that was bad. I've always felt these two teams were going to split this season, and I the Cowboys have been yeah. so good at home. They were able to sit back and relax and, and watch the Niners just crush the Eagles. I'm sure they picked up a lot of things that they can you know do to expose them even more. I, I just see this as a Cowboys spot. Or look, I, they're, they're clicking. They allowed the Seahawks to stay in that game, which is not too surprising because they hadn't played some real competition, but they still won it. You know, I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. reason to be overly concerned and they've had time to think about that, you know, look at the film, you know, they've had extra time to prepare for this game too. So it just feels like a cowboy spot here. And I think there's a really good point. Ed brought this up earlier about the lack of diversity in the pass game for the Eagles, right? They really lean in on A.J. Brown. And against this Cowboys secondary, Seattle was successful because, now look, they ended up pumping it to Metcalf, and that was the story of the game Thursday night, really, as we talk about Deron Bland's DP, uh, DPOY candidacy falling by the wayside as he got torched by D.K. Metcalf. But part of D.K. Metcalf being able to take over that game at times is there's the threat of other weapons, right? There's... There's JSN, there's there's Tyler Lockett, there, there's other ways for Geno to go. How many other directions do you trust Jalen Hurts to be able to go in a big spot? And against this Cowboys secondary, they can still, if they want to, maybe not lock down A.J. Brown, but we've seen A.J. Brown have go multiple weeks at a time this year where his numbers didn't match what you would expect them to. So I, I don't think... Look, I don't think A.J. Brown has one of those, like, one catch on four targets for eight yards kind of games that he had against the Chiefs a few weeks ago. But if A.J. Brown only gets targeted five or six times and only catches the ball three or four times, where's the rest of the Eagles' offense go? A couple to Swift? Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't don't think there's diverse. Yes, advantage Cowboys uh, as that one has moved to three and a half already from the three-point spread it opened at. All right, one of our favorite plays for the day. We get you our lightning bets. Coming up next right here on BetQL Daily.